Hello, I'm Alberto Orozco. I'm CEO and director for Capitan Mining. We are an exploration company working on the Cruz de Plata project in Durango, Mexico, which has a high grade silver target on top of an oxide gold deposit. Alberto, very nice to meet you. Thank you for the introduction. I'm looking forward to this next uh, few minutes we've got together. Great meeting you, Merlin. Great to be here. Um, now, Alberto, this is the first time I've come across Capitan Mining. Uh, it's a relatively small market capitalization company, but uh, I, I've enjoyed looking through your corporate deck and looking at the kind of the news releases. I think there's um, lots of stuff that I can learn about your company. And I'm glad to see that you're a geologist as well. Um, oh, yeah. Can you give me a little background, really brief background about your kind of um, uh, your career to date? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think it's, um, it's worth mentioning too, because not, not only my career, but the career of the team that we have put together in Capitan is, is an important part of, of our story. Uh, myself, I, I started working early on since I was a, a student with the, the Peñoles Mining Company in Exploration back in the mid 90s, and, and then went on to do some grad school in Canada. And at that point, I started working with some public exploration companies. So that included Linear Gold, Pediment Gold later on, which was uh, then uh, later bought by Argonaut Gold. And I bought, I worked for Argonaut Gold for uh, about eight years, eight to nine years. And in, in all that career, I've been able to build a team. So basically that, that team that we've been building through all those last three companies that I mentioned, we've been able to brought to Capitan. And that team has been able to identify opportunities at an early stage. Uh, that have become, a number of them have become plus one million ounce opportunities, some of which have even become developed and gone into production. So that includes uh, the San Antonio project in Baja Sur, the La Colorada project in Sonora, um, the San Agustin project in Durango, which is very close from where we are working on, on Cruz de Plata today. Um, and so, so we have you know, worked on a number of projects but being, what, what's interesting, I think, is that we've been able to identify the opportunities from an early stage and then mm. been able to develop, develop them and then uh, even some of them put them into production. So that's been sort of my experience, but as well, uh, a bit of the experience of our team as well. That's, that's, that's great. Really useful context. So um, this, is, this is an early stage or kind of it's the exploration phase. You're not, you're, you're not yet thinking about production, although, of course, you've got that, you know, as, a, as every, everybody wants to take an asset through to production um, at, at the same time as wanting to be taken out. You know, the, those are both good outcomes that you want. You want to have an economic deposit that gets um, so far down the line and is so attractive that it either becomes a mine or it gets bought out. But just at the moment, the, the project Cruz de Plata, is it Cruz de la Plata or Cruz de... Um, Cruz de Plata. Cruz de Plata, the, the, the Silver Cross. Silver Cross, yes. The Silver Cross project is very much in the kind of the um, exploration and understanding phase of it. Now, as I do you have a cross-section of it that you could share with me? Because what I what I found really interesting was that they've got so many different mineralizing styles about this. In fact, perhaps even before you share it, sorry, sorry to distract you, but you know, what mm -hmm. brought you to um, this project? You know, what were the what were the the vectors that got you to pick up this, this, this title area? What was the background to it? That's an interesting story, actually, because the, uh, the Cruz de Plata project, formerly known as the Peñoles project, because this is where the Peñoles mining company was born back in the late 1800s. Um, this was held in, in um, 
prospect generator company called Riverside Resources, and, and they had had some work on it. Um, in fact, we had looked at that property back in the Argonaut days, and, and we went to look at it, but it was at a very early stage. I think it had one or two drill holes maybe. And while we found it very interesting, at that point, it was at a very early stage. And mm. uh, what happened after that is that uh, as I was working with Argonaut, we ran out of good projects to work on and develop. Uh, they were just very scarce. Um, and, and, you know, over the years, I came across the project again, and I was really surprised to learn that it had 10,000 meters of drilling that weren't there before the last time that I had seen it. And there was a resource. Um, and when I looked at it, it was really evident too that that resource was premature, that mineralization was open in every direction, that also the part of the silver for the resource was uh, done in a was really done with an open pit in mind. But we recognized that what was the real value there was with the high grade structures that were not modeled out because there was very little drilling. Really, in the silver part, it was only three thousand meters. Um, and, and the potential to grow that resource was really great, geological continuity, et cetera. But on top of that, you know, myself and the team, we also like projects that look like they're going to become mines. And, and you can get a flip for that when you get to a place. Uh, it's about access. It's about topography. It's about communities. Uh, it's about jurisdiction, obviously, uh, absolutely. And this project had all of those points too. It's in a nice, gentle topography area with access from two uh, different directions away from, uh, from larger communities and with a community too that has a, a long mining history in it. So all of those things put together on top of that great geological potential that we saw really motivated me to start a new company in in a market where all the good projects are gone, they're really scarce. Uh, all of the um, producing assets are being depleted and there's nothing in the pipeline that's replacing those assets today. It's so funny when you, to hear you. when you said that uh, you thought it was going to be a mine, I, I, was, I, I was running in my head what, I was, what the next things that you were going to say were going to be. And I was expecting you to say, kind of the pumped hydrothermal system and mineralization here and this, this, this and kind of geological factors. And you, you came out with access, topography and community, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. You know, that's a, um, they are crucial. And I, I, it's, 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 it's just, just noteworthy. Those, those are the things that you, you mentioned as well as the geology. Um, <clears throat> when you say that there aren't many opportunities like this, um, is that true? I mean, I see quite a lot of, I see quite a lot of Mexican um, assets coming through. I see quite a lot of, you know, there seems to be quite a kind of quite a few projects coming through. Um, do, do you feel that it's really a depleted market and it's competitive to find these new things? Uh, I think it is. Well, well, mind you, I think a lot of these opportunities are really new. Um, we're talking that when we decided to, to get this company started and, and when I decided to leave Argonaut to do this and, and build Capitan, it was 2019. Uh, so that's, mm. that's when I started working on this project and, and recognized that potential. And really, you know, there were even fewer projects back then, uh, only yeah. three years ago. Um, yeah. 
Today, I, I think that's still the case. There are some new projects, I think, that, that have come up. It, it, and, you know, there's been exploration that's been coming to Mexico, definitely not at the rates that we, that we saw in the previous cycle. So back in 2006, there was probably three to four times more projects than we are seeing today. And that's what allowed for a lot of the, um, of the mines that we are seeing operating today to, to open uh, and start operations. But if you, if you look at, at the rate at which these projects are declining, they're going at a much faster rate than projects are being developed uh, in the country. That's a, that's a definite trend that we see. Okay, good. Now, when I looked at the, the kind of the notes I've got on the project, you know, there was a, as you said, there was an existing gold resource and there was an existing silver resource. And I tell, tell me more about the geology because it looks as if there's so much going on here. You've got these four different kind of mineralizing, um, sorry, three different kinds of mi mineralizing styles. You've got disseminated gold oxide sitting on the top. You've got epithermal veins, which are somehow related to the golden oxide. And then you've got replacement veins. Can you just show me a map and talk me through how you established the the order of emplacement and the kind of hydrothermal system and what you're thinking is about the geology at the moment. Absolutely. There, there we go. That's the slide. <clears throat> I'll show the, uh, the conceptual uh, cross-section uh, here. And, and like you mentioned uh, quite accurately, th this is what we've been identifying, different styles of mineralization within the same project. And so, you know, we can start with uh, what we've, identified to be the, the deeper part of the system today, which is the, which are the replacement high-grade veins, uh, silver and, and polymetallic over at the Jesus Maria zone, or at the silver zone, I, I should say, because that has a number of different veins of which the Jesus Maria vein is, is the most developed uh, of them all. And then, that, so that's very clear. We know, we know that we have that replacement uh, part. And then on, on over to the south, we have Capitan Hill, which is uh, an oxide disseminated gold deposit with uh, more epithermal styles of mineralization. It, it occurs at an unconformity between Jurassic sediments on the foot wall and tertiary volcanics on the hanging wall. And right at the contact, you often get to see uh, an epithermal vein forming there that we call the Capitan vein. It's about a couple of meters wide and you can see some very typical boiling textures uh, in it, uh, or very typical low sulfidation epithermal textures. But 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 it, the mineralization just doesn't limit to the vein, but it actually extends onto the foot wall and onto the hanging wall of that contact, forming a very tabular, very continuous body of body of mineralization. Hang so on, those sorry. Are things. Yeah, go sorry, ahead. sorry, sorry. Just 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 to get my head around this. So you've got. Above the main zone, you've got that red line. Is that what you've depicted as the Capitan vein? Is that the, the, the feature? Right. So it's, it's beddings parallel. It occurs at the competency contrast between these shales and limestones, these Jurassic sedimentary package, and then the right. overlying volcanics. And, and you're saying that there's a kind of a vein on the contact. Exactly, exactly. And, and you can actually see it in the, in the outcrop. When you visit the project, there's, there's a, a number of outcrops where you can see that vein forming right at that contact. And it follows uh, that, that exact contact at depth. Yeah, so that, that's what it is, that red line. It, just, it looks as if you've got kind of feeder veins coming. So, so I'm, I'm just trying to get my head around this. You've got an intrusion on the right-hand side on the, to the north and at depth. Yeah. Obviously... Um, 
presumably this has all been kind of rotated. So if we, if we rotated this back to horizontal at one stage, or, yes. or, or it, it might have been in place at that angle anyway, but there's, there's essentially you've got a, an intrusion at depth, which is mm-hmm. later than the Jurassic. So it, it came into the Jurassic sediments. Exactly. And yeah. It looks just by the way that these feeder veins are going across the package like that. It makes me think that that was horizontal at the time of emplacement or, or, <laughs> or, or possibly. Um, yeah. And then, then you've got mineralization on that, focusing on that contact there with some leaching and precipitation of gold out here. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just, is that about right? And it, when you talk about the oxide gold deposit, is that kind of recent weathering? Yes, I, I think, well, uh, let me go back a little bit. Uh, I think you're right in your interpretation that what the way we're seeing it, uh, that the entire geology is that this is something that has been probably rotated. Most likely, these, uh, this contact was more horizontal when the mineralization occurred. Uh, we think that, that the um, replacement system probably more, more Mantos uh, style, really, in Jesus Maria, uh, are deeper. And we, we not only have that textual evidence, mineralogical evidence, uh, there's some fluid inclusion studies as well, uh, indicating uh, that this, these are deeper, hotter uh, fluids that went in there. And that over at Capitan, we have you know, the cooler, uh, higher level f- epithermal fluids. Okay. There seems to be some evidence that there's uh, multi-episodes here. Um, particularly in what we're representing here as the fear veins, there's one structure that we call the Gullifold zone, right? Cross-cutting the, um, the Jesus Maria vein that we believe might be one of these uh, systems and seems to be cutting through the Jesus Maria vein. Uh, and it, it's not entirely clear, but that's our interpretation currently. There's been a number of episodes uh, here in, in this system in which we have the replacement veins that are deeper, and then the potentially younger, more epithermal veins uh, that are younger on okay. top of the, of the silver. So the replacement veins are when the fluids are going through this, this Jurassic package and they're hitting the reactive carbonates. And so they're dissolving, the acidic fluids are dissolving away the carbonates and replacing it with, um, uh, right. Well, well, or buffering the fluids and causing the metal to precipitate out. Okay, really, really interesting. And uh, sorry, I know this is a bit of kind of a geological rabbit hole that I'm going down, but just no. just just by talking about it helps me to understand in my mind kind of the geographies and what's your what's your work program doing at the moment? Are you are you f- preferentially focusing on one style of mineralization? Are you trying to drill out? Um, one part of the resource and prayer and you know h- how are you tackling this complexity mm. well uh let me go back uh a slide here uh and show the uh the, the different targets that that we have at the project currently we're working on the high grade silver focusing uh, almost exclusively on the jesus maria and the gully fault veins that's what we're drilling right now but before that we drilled the Capitan Hill zone and expanded the gold system first. So that was our first focus over the first year of the company. Now we focused over to the silver. Um, And that's what we're drilling right now. But as we have been doing the drilling, we have also been evaluating the rest of the information. And we've identified multiple silver and gold targets as well in the property. Uh, that are basically drill ready. 
And that includes the Jesus Maria vein and Gollifold, again, our, our current focus of drilling. But also in, in let's say, in the next stage of drilling, we will be testing other targets, including the JM North zone, where we've had some really interesting high-grade silver gold results on surface. Uh, the um, JM South zone, th this is a very interesting one too, because what happened there is as we were drilling the gold deposit, we went a little deeper in one of the drill holes and it intersected the same style of mineralization that we are seeing over at the Jesus Maria vein. But this was an unintentional 350 meter step out to the south, telling us that these veins exist underneath the gold system as well. Hang on, uh, hang on. To, to, just can I just for my for my benefit the the Capitan vein and the Jesus Maria um, vein are they dipping underneath the, the that green blob in the middle of the screen there they're, they're dipping towards everything is dipping south yes yeah and they're sub parallel and yep and did that hole hit the extension of the Jesus Maria vein or another parallel one which is higher up in the system. We believe it might be a parallel vein, so a second vein, uh, but we will need to drill more in order to, uh, to discover it because we only had one hit, so we were, were not able, and this was a reverse circulation hole as well, mm -hmm. uh, so we were not able to put any geometry on it with just one hit, uh, but what it's really interesting is that it's opening up all of that potential for that same style of mineralization underneath Capitan Hill, and it's really relevant because we really have up to 200 meters vertical uh, gold mineralization there. So it, we, we cannot see underneath the Capitan gold zone. So this specific hole really opened up all that potential for the silver underneath the gold system. It, this, um, it, forgive me if I'm over-interpreting, but it looks almost like there's some kind of conjugate system here, some kind of repeatability or some preferable or structural orientation for the emplacement of these veins, um, which leads me to, to ask, you know, how are you prospecting have you is it just mapping and drilling or have you got any other tools that you can use uh it, it's been mostly sampling mapping and drilling um we we have used a little bit of geophysics that we inherited from the previous operators it's just basically um, ip uh, and that that has created some some targets there as well but it's basically been that uh, we, we've no we really believe in geological mapping uh, and while we're not showing here our more, more detailed geological maps uh, on our corporate presentation, uh, geological mapping, we believe, is one of the keys to understanding any geological project. So we've, we've invested in that. Um, and, and going back to your comment, I think uh, probably more than, than a conjugate here with that goalie fault zone, probably the, I'm guessing is part of what you're noticing. That might be an earlier um, feature or an earlier structure. Um, that not, I don't think that that's necessarily part of the same uh, deformational uh, or, or the same regime. The Jesus Maria vein, I think it's mostly following a, a certain strata, and that's, okay. that's controlling that. Um, but there are some other uh, veins, like over in the San Rafael system, that the, the, there might be a little bit of conjugate uh, structures over there. I think that they might be a little different. And you... Somewhere in in this presentation, or in um, you talk about the gully fault being um, the gully fault zone being higher in silver content and lower in lead and zinc content, and some of these kind of replacement um, the the Jesus Maria veins are by nature, you know, when the when the fluids 
precipitate, they precipitate out the silver and the lead and the zinc all together in these kind of in these complex zones. I think the, the Golly fault, and uh, let me show another <clears throat> slide here because this one focuses more on the Golly fault. Uh, and, and this is a, a figure that we believe was important to show because we have now in our latest press release uh, showed the long section on the Jesus Maria vein, which has uh, 800 meters of defined strike length so far with the, the current drilling. But a lot of our results too with the high grade came from outside of the Jesus Maria vein. So it was important for us to show where those were, were coming from and what the potential was on that. So that's, that's a 3D view there on on the gully fault uh it's uh what it is it's it has a little bit of, of lead sink but it's lower definitely lower than it is over at the jesus maria zone um and and precious metals in general are higher than the base metals there again we believe that this might be a younger structure probably cross-cutting uh the jesus maria vein and it it actually forms a broad zone on surface We've seen it go up to 50 meters in width with low grade. I mean, uh, 50 meters of, of a low grade halo, which contains high grade structures uh, in it. And some of those examples are with hole 1424. This was drilled back in 2014 and had 988 grams per ton silver and 1.24 gold over 7.15 meters. Um, or, or more recently with our holes one and 10, that included a couple of really nice hits, a meter and a half of 1,044 grams per ton silver and a gram gold. So you can see that, that those levels of gold and silver, particularly the gold, is higher in the Gullifold zone than it is in mm. the Jesus Maria uh, area. So you, you can see that high-grade silver in, in Jesus Maria as well, but the gold doesn't get as high as it does in the Gullifold zone. Interesting. As you're talking, I get the feeling that um there's it's still kind of exploration it's still very much in the let's keep going let's let's uh, you've got these um i think somewhere else in your presentation on your um you talk about uh you've got holes pending from uh deeper drilling on the jesus maria zone so you've got assays coming back it, it's almost that every new model that you look at or every time that you do some work you find some new mineralization and what you're essentially doing is still following your nose you're following the where the mineralization is leading you is, is that fair you're kind of still on that kind of it's true exploration you're exploring out uh yes i think um we, we've been learning a lot about the project as, as we go and i think that's that's what exploration is um we uh i think that the drilling is the, currently at the silver zone is showing us a number of things I think this first program, what it's showing is that there's scale to this system in, in a number of dimensions. One, there's scale right at the Jesus Maria vein level. With, with that vein alone, I think that you can compare the where we're at today uh, on that strike length and, and, and the type of grades and widths that we're seeing to other similar projects. And I think that that, that can be a way to start valuing the opportunity. And that's on the Jesus Maria vein alone. But we're also seeing that we have the cross-cutting Golly Fault Zone that's already showing some really nice high grades of silver and gold. Uh, and that we, we part of this initial drill program was to understand better that zone. And I think we're getting there and we've been showing continuous good results on, on the zone. So expanding that zone is also going to be important. But as we've been going, you know, some of our drilling has also gone a, a little deeper than the previous 
operators went. And as we've been doing that, on top of doing some of the additional mapping and sampling, uh, we're identifying new zones. So the, to the north, we're, we're seeing a lot of anomalous samples down in, in, in the deeper parts of our uh, drill holes in Jesus Maria and some high-grade sampling on surface to the north. Uh, to the south, as I mentioned, that hole 29 underneath Capitan opened up the potential for all of that zone there. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that we see too, and, and we haven't talked much about it because we're still wrapping our heads around it too, uh, but there's a strong scarring target in the project. And, and we do see some scarring alteration in some of our drilling. Uh, we haven't found yet a, a large scarring, but that the evidence for that is there. You know, we, we have the just, just our general geological model shows that that's a, it's a very valid target with the intrusive, with the um, you know, carbonaceous uh, sediments there. You know, we, we, we need to do more drilling, but it has to be deeper. And so all of that is that we, and we haven't yet talked about the entire trend of this uh, silver zone. And that's re really important too, because from Jesus Maria, where we're drilling today, to San Rafael, and a little bit beyond that, there's at least three kilometers of silver mineralization that had been identified in sampling, drilling, uh, in the presence of underground workings, et cetera. We don't own all of that, but we own the majority of that trend and the most developed parts of that trend. And, and that creates, I mean, what this is telling us, all this activity, all these different targets that we're seeing is that the scale for this project is very significant. That mm -hmm. the uh, Jesus Maria vein alone and that extension potential that it has over those three kilometers, uh, it's very significant. But when you put that on top of the additional target to the north, to the south, the, 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 the broader model with the scar, and then on top of that, you have an oxide gold deposit right next to it. I think that the value and the scale for the project start becoming more clear. Uh, you use the uh, phrase of comparable analysis. And in one of your presentations, in some of your marketing materials, you, you draw reference to uh, where Vistula Silver was um, in 2020, so two years ago. And, the, the, you know, their current market capitalization is uh, a couple of hundred million dollars. Um, mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that you should be valued at a couple of hundred million dollars, but you presumably see that as a target of what you want to um, try and emulate through continued um, geological work. Is, is, is that fair? I think that's that's a way to show uh, the look that, that we are definitely undervalued today, uh, and that other companies that have similar assets, you know, have been valued much higher, and and we should definitely be valued much higher as well in in Capitan, uh, and I think we have a project that is going to show way more than what we're showing today. The potential is really there, and and you mentioned also that comparison that we did. Um, to Vizla on the silver, that's more recent too. I would add on top of that, that we also made a comparison to the gold asset uh, of Capitan Hill because our team worked just an hour and a half drive away to the south at San Agustin and El Castillo. Uh, we're instrumental in putting San Agustin into production. And, and that's an asset, both of those assets are assets that have similar grades to what we have at Capitan Hill. Uh, San Agustin in oxide resources was very similar to uh, the, the Capitan Hill deposit at the time of acquisition. And both of those projects were acquired at around 90, 90 million US for San Agustin, I think it was, and I think 120 Canadian for El Castillo. 
And that alone right there, I think it's also uh, an interesting measure of the value that could be in our gold deposit. And when you put those two together uh, on top of the upside that we still have in exploration, I think the opportunity, uh, it starts to be more obvious. And the resource side, so, so remind me where you are on the, on the resource process at El Capitan. So the, the current resources are 300,000 ounces at 0.46 grams per ton gold. Uh, it's all inferred on Capitan Hill. And what we've done, and that was with only 7,000 meters of drilling, we have added an additional 12,000 meters of drilling to that, basically expanding the footprint of the deposit on strike and down dip. And, and that includes two when I said that doubling that footprint, adding um, a lot of volume into the hanging wall zone that uh, I explained before. So we haven't yeah. estimated a new resource yet, but that gives us an idea of the potential for growth. Okay, so you've doubled the footprint, you've doubled the volume. You're, are you presumably not expecting the grade to change much? Or maybe you've seen enough of the news flows? I mean, any comment on grade? I mean, what have you seen through the consistent kind of um, news releases that you've been putting out? Any change? I think, the, well, it depends. It's going to depend on the cutoff. The, the cutoff for the current uh, resources 0.25. What we've seen is that there's, well, the, the cutoff grades that uh, are used at El Castillo, San Agustin, and other um, gold assets in, in Mexico that are open pit, it's 0.1. So it might go down a little bit. Um, but if we include some of that 0.1 grade, but I think it's going to be continue to be consistent. It's a low-grade resource. It's going to continue to be a low-grade resource. Uh, and, and I think people are turned off by that. And that's why we also want them to turn around and look at assets like El Castillo and San Agustin, because it's not just about grade. It's about strip ratio. It's about uh, recoveries. It's about capital investment. Uh, it's about, uh, you know, a number Metallurgy, of mineral processing, handling, blasting requirements. The cost, right? Yeah. And, yeah. At the end of the day, you know, a low-grade deposit can make money. Uh, so that's that's uh, that's what we recognize here. So we, we're not really uh, worried about the low-grade because we've we've worked in two very low-grade deposits before as well. Okay. Thank you. Um. When you, what's the process on that mineral resource estimate update? We'll we'll see because we definitely don't want to be premature with a resource again. And as we've been drilling on the silver, what's been evident with the silver is that that there's potential to grow. For one. Uh, but but even specifically on the gold, there are some additional targets uh, where we believe we might have some more disseminated close to surface mineralization, including some parts related to the Gullifold zone and some other zones around San Rafael. And we would like to drill those out before we uh, you know, publish a new resource on the gold. So we're probably closer to a new resource on the gold portion than the silver, just on the amount of drilling that, that we have to yeah. do. Um, but we still need to do some more work and we don't have a, an exact date for a new resource update on the gold. Okay. No, understood. Understood. Um, I, I was thinking about the, the resource update on the gold. I, I understand you're aware ways from defining an envelope um, yet on the silver because that's open in so many directions. Um, let me ask a, uh, kind of a, a similar question, but in a different way. What are your drilling and plans for the rest of this year? Um, so we, we're pretty much at a half, half year point in the year. We've got six months of drilling ahead. How much have you done in the first half and how much are you likely to do in the second half? So we've done about 5,000 meters of drilling on, on this first half. We're currently 
you know, st still receiving some of those results uh, that we've been um, from, from that initial program. And they've been really exciting. We have another nine to 10 holes that should come back. And we've been really, uh, you know, incorporating those results in order to design what our next drill program is going to be. Um, what, what I can tell you is that our results are pointing to great continuity of grades. Uh, that's what we've been publishing. I think our, our long section really shows how open things are. And we definitely want to continue growing the Jesus Maria vein on strike and down dip. We want to do more work on the gully fault zone as we've been seeing some of those nice high grades mm -hmm. of silver and gold as well. Um, and we will get into San Rafael also in the, in the near future. I think we'll probably see some Rafael, San Rafael drilling this year as well, both for uh, targets on near surface disseminated and for higher grade veins at San Rafael. Okay. Have you at a board level yet said we can allocate X thousand meters of drilling this, this year? Was that still conversation still to be had? Uh, so what's, what's the question? I'm not sure I um, so, um, you know, as a board, have you, mm -hmm. have you decided that you're going to commit to a certain amount of drilling this year? You know, have you said, uh, we've done 5,000 meters in the first half, we're going to do another 5,000 meters in the second half, or we're going to only do 3,000, or we're going to take it up to 10,000? You know, have you had a discussion, even if you don't know exactly where it's going to go, have you talked about budgets and kind of planning okay. allocations of meters? Uh, not yet, not, not that specifically, as we're still working on that. Uh, but the one thing we know is larger, much larger than, than our current drill program. And, and that's because you know, we're seeing, we're, I think this, this modest initial drill program in the silver zone, what it does is show that there's much more to drill, that there's scale to the project, that, the, that the, both the grades and the thickness on, on the zones are there. And now I think we, we, we feel more secure into doing a more aggressive drill program into that. So while we don't have the number yet, we know that it'll be a much more aggressive drill program than what we're doing right now. I, I noticed, well, I, I, I saw that in the last bear market, you know, from 2011 to 2017, almost all the companies performed badly, except, except for really good exploration companies, which can take $1 of cash and turn it through the drill bit into $10 in the ground or $5. You know, you get that, that value creation through that discovery process. Um, I just wonder whether you've been having conversations yet with shareholders or funders um, who are willing to commit to the kind of exploration story or whether you've just been head down in the, in the technical program and you've kind of just been ignoring the markets because it's so horrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, no, we, we can't ignore the markets, uh, even as, as horrible as they are. Um, I think, you know, the, these conversations with our, our shareholders, I think, have been there since day one. Uh, and, and we do, we've been able to, um, to attract some shareholders that are long term and that believe that there's potential in this project. Um, Michael Gentili owns 18% uh, of Capitan. And, and I think, uh, we covered all of the different points that, that he uses uh, to evaluate companies. Uh, and, and he believes that this can be a much larger opportunity. And, and just like he, with some other uh, of our, our larger shareholders, I think we've had these conversations. And, and it's always about 
you know, what's what's the big price here? And, and we believe that there's a big price in, in the Cruz de Plata project. At the moment, it's almost as if that price is, is yet to be defined. You know that there's something good, but you don't know whether it's a high-grade silver or disseminated silver or, or an oxide gold. But um, it's nice to have options, huh? It, yeah, I think we have the two things. Uh, interestingly, I don't think many projects have uh, both the high-grade silver and the disseminated gold. It's, it's a very rare thing. I don't think I had seen it before in projects that I had uh, explored in the past. Uh, so in, in a way, it's two different projects right at the same site. And, and that's uh, an interesting value proposition too, because we have two things that by themselves could be you know, it, a company by itself, uh, but they happen to be right at the same uh, site and with a team that has the experience advancing these, these types of assets. Um, and I think you know that there's beyond what we can clearly see because we can clearly see right now the potential on that uh, three kilometer trend of silver and what we've been doing over at Jesus Maria. Uh, we can see the potential of that oxide gold deposit. Those those things are are more measured now that we put drill holes in it. Uh, you know we, we're starting to define what they are. But as we've been doing that work we become more excited at what might be below underneath us mm. as part of the system, that first cross section that we looked at in the beginning, that potential scar and target additional veins underneath the, um, the gold zone, uh, et cetera, the additional zones that might also be um, have potential for, you know, near surface disseminated mineralization. Uh, what happens with, with a project, I think when you go see it, is I think very quickly you either don't like it uh, as much as you did on, on paper or you like it more. And as you work on, on projects, they start revealing their, their true potential. And, and so far in this one, uh, we've become more excited about the, the overall geological potential. So not only just confirming what we already knew, which is was expanding the Jesus Maria vein, expanding the Capitan Hill, but finding more, finding you know, identifying a real system in here that it's worth doing more exploration. Yes, absolutely. And what, what, what strikes me is that you've got a very productive or very fertile mineral system, which is sending up fluids rich in metals or concentrated in metals over you know, lengths of time or in periods of time that there are kind of multi-phase episodes, which have got a variety of different kind of um, settings or, or, or precipitation events in different styles, whether it's chemistry or pressure or temperature or a combination of the three, um, which means you've got this kind of mineralization appearing in different manifestations, but it's really linked to the same system, which is fertile and productive. And so just as I think through kind of what you're going to be delivering through the rest of this year is principally more drilling results in the sense that it's it's growth of your understanding, growth of your knowledge of the system and ideally uh, with mineralization as well. Yeah, absolutely. More, more drilling results are, are definitely up in the, in the future for the rest of the year. Um, we, we're looking at more geophysics too, because um, some of the early IP that was done was a bit shallow, uh, you know, good definition, but a bit shallow. And, and as we are now working on these new targets, we need to see deeper. And so that, that's something that we're currently evaluating and we might be doing some of that uh, during that second half of, of the year, uh, very likely to, um, to do some deeper geophysics. We don't know if we're just going to do some deeper IP to go there or, or use some other method. We're evaluating that, but we do need to, to look deeper because we already have 
not only refined our, our model we, and, and, and our knowledge of the mineral system, but Hall 29 is giving us the evidence that that system continues underneath the gold system. Uh, so we need, we need a little more clarity, a little more high, higher definition underneath that target to, uh, to continue drilling as well and to continue building that mineral system model. So that, that's also part of what we'll be doing on the second half of the year. Good. Well, Alberto, thank you so much for introducing me to um, uh, Capitan Mining and uh, Capitan Hill and all the, the, all the geological stuff around it. As you can see, I'm an, I'm a, I get enthusiastic uh, about the geology, but um, it's also been really interesting to understand your background, your approach. Um, and I look forward to hearing the, the and keeping an eye on the news flow uh, for the rest of this year. Great. Thank you. It's been great being here, Merlin. It's, it's nice to have that in-depth technical conversation. So uh, I hope uh, this will be useful for investors out there. Let's hope so. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you.